0: This is Newhouse at Night. Here, tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse.
1: Guess what time it is? It's 6 o'clock on a Tuesday night, which means it's Newhouse at Night with your favorite host, in Mr. Michael Villegas, I'm Luke Schwartz. We took a little bit of a hiatus last week because it was the day of love. It was Valentine's Day, and Syracuse basketball had a fantastic win against NC State, the Wolfpack 75-72, but we're back, baby. Oh, we're back. We ba- are back. How does it feel to have the headset back on, Michael, and just being a little bit closer to the microphone?
0: Oh, it feels good. Feels good being close to you too.
1: Well, I know. I missed you a little <laughs> bit too, man. You know, on on Valentine's Day that you were the one person I was thinking about. So, Aww. I'm glad that we can be back here together and uh as, as one. Definitely. Sorry, I got choked <laughs> up saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right. Well, I'm used to it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, for those of you who do know us and for those of you who don't, we usually like to start off the show with what we ate because one of our first shows we talked about uh, food between North Carolina and Syracuse, and it just kind of stuck like gum. So, Michael Villegas, what was on the menu
0: today up until six o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't a great nutritional day for me. Um, I had a bacon, egg, and cheese on a croissant from Dunkin'. You Donuts. had the same thing two weeks I ago. I know. I know. Because yeah, my Tuesdays, lead. I'm 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 a pretty routine guy. I like a routine, and usually. I get in off the shuttle right before class, before 8.20 class. And I like to go to Dunkin' Donuts because I get in around 8. Gives me enough time to get coffee. And maybe if I'm feeling a little hungry, get something, get a little breakfast okay. in. Okay. Get the metabolism going. So I had that this morning. And then I had a little break before coming back here up to Newhouse. I had two Hot Pockets. It wasn't great. <laughs>
1: Hot not... Pockets! Yeah. Remember those commercials?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh I remember them. Those are good. That sounded really good, by the yeah. way. That was... Yeah, good impression.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I, I. Truth be told, when I was in sixth grade, I was a part of Honor Choir, which you had to try out for, and I was a soprano. I was one of two guys that was a soprano. Now, that's not a good thing looking wow. back when you played football. Someone made a joke the other day, because I did mention that. They're like, oh, it's like you were living in glee. That's the last thing I ever wanted to hear from someone. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, could be like American Pie. Yeah. was the cross yeah. player and was a it's singer. True. Remember the Titans? You know, they oh, come yeah. out and they sing. So, Oh, yeah. Great movie. Number one all time for football. and That's a. It's another debate down the road. Ooh. Okay.
0: Remember it's gotta be number one, right? Sammy St. Jean, a caller last time we were here, he would definitely agree with that. He's okay. got a tattoo dedicated to the to the movie. Good. Good.
1: Excellent. Um well you're getting us way off track. I was about to talk about my food okay. choices. No. <laughs> let's let's talk about your food choices. Uh what did I have this morning? Um I am guilty of having a donut. It was staring at me at Qs. or not Qs.com, but food.com. And it had chocolate sprinkles on it, and it just said, Luke, take me. So I grabbed it. Uh, it was delicious. I also had a bacon, egg, and cheese. Um, I'm eating these from the vending machine right now. They're uh, If you see us on QSportsTalk.com, if you can't and you're listening to radio... They're the Grandma's Mini Sandwich Cream Vanillas. It's delicious. And they are so good. My goodness. As the kids say these days, right? They slap harder (laughs) than Will Smith. They are so so good. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) very good. Um, (laughs) I cannot stop eating them. So (laughs) if you do hear some ASMR crunching, I do apologize for that on the show.
0: Good lord. (laughs) Good lord.
1: Well, yeah, we we need to be, we need, both of us need a little more green. I feel like we're eating a lot of dairy, a lot of, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have get
1: a salad in there.
0: Not a, a good big salad, salad guy, nice. but... Just
1: the lettuce, though. No seasoning, just no tomatoes. No, or No chicken, no protein. In e- chicken's fine. Some croutons. Oh, also, they, who oh. came up with the word crouton? Like, you're just looking at this little fuzzy, hard piece of bread, and you're going, well, it's usually called bread. But now that it's compressed and hard, let's call it a crouton. Why? Where? How? 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 I'm... <laughs>
0: I'm confuzzled i am flabbergasted i don't know what to do i'm gonna look that up and break i'm gonna i'm gonna let you know that okay i'm gonna have a there's a there's a story behind it and we're gonna find it okay that's what's gonna happen all right that sounds good <laughs> i have a feeling it's why is i'm gonna say it's french we oui, we oui? i'm gonna say something something french and that's why that's gonna be my guess but
1: okay i digress all right that sounds good well today we've got a really fun show for you guys not only are we breaking down Syracuse men's basketball game against Duke, and not only just the game, but the atmosphere to be a part of that and to be inside the JMA Wireless Dome. Women's basketball getting a win on Senior Sunday, a pretty cool one against Miami. Both lacrosse teams are picking up steam, even though the men fell to Maryland, but still, they're looking really good. And the best part about tonight is we have a special treat. We have a very special guest in the Sarah Brinsfield, a graduate student, a part of our program in the TRF. Coming from West Virginia, now at Syracuse. And when it comes to being smart and genius, she has both of those things. While knowing about some of the best country music. and No, well, not country music. I guess it is country because it's uh, country roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and also some food choices too. So a lot to have fun with for the show tonight. And starting off, Syracuse Duke is 77-55 to 55 win for the Blue Devils last straight. What is it? Ten games that yeah. they have won or eight? uh at syracuse papa you were in the dome your parents were here aside from
0: the actual game what was it like to be in the stands with that many people it inside? was it was amazing like i wish like it was like that every time i i tried to tell my parents hey it's not like this every weekend <laughs> you know it's 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 a little bit less crowded there's less traffic and we had to head up to the stadium and get to the gate and get to your seat. It was packed house. It was really cool to see that. They handed out towels, mm. had the towels going. The atmosphere was was really something that, that was special that I thought was really cool to see. How about yourself? It was unbelievable. M-
1: most, cause it was weird. It felt like Family Weekend without it being actually named Family Weekend. Mm. I know you had family of town and a few of our friends And then a lot of them were working. So I just decided to go by myself. I saw a friend there, walked up. We got seats together. We were up in the 300 section, but we were directly behind the basket. So we still had good seats. The thing that shocked me the most was just how far down the line when you go up into the 300 rows to the right that students were sitting. I was getting photos from my friends that were getting there a little bit too late saying, oh, this is our view. How in the heck were you able to see? Yeah. I mean, I'm blind. I know that. That's why I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> but for them to see it from all the way over there, just insane. But talk about a cool atmosphere. The first 10 minutes of the game, you're going, wow, this is a good one. Yeah. The crowd's into it. Judah already has two fast break dunks, and Syracuse looks good 19-19. And then Duke proceeds to go on a 22-1 run, and... From there it was yeah. uh it was it was ugly. brutal. Ugly. It was ugly. You know, yeah. I, I think I made two or three trips to the concession stand just to wallow away in the food <laughs> because I couldn't watch the game anymore. I mean Joe Girard still had a good game. Another twenty plus point performance. Syracuse did have some positives, but Duke just started to hit
0: shots, yeah. got hot, and Syracuse just couldn't cool him down. They really couldn't. I mean the turnover Differential early on was great. I mean, Judah Mintz, I think, had three steals, fast breaks, donks that got the crowd really into the game early on. And I was like, wow, this is this actually could be a good game here. And then it, it slipped right away. They were nailing threes, and they were just getting off and running away with it. So that was that was a bit disappointing. But um, yeah, kind of teased us there in the beginning.
1: Yeah. And it's tough, too, because you look at Syracuse's season as a whole, and there's so many games that you wish you could go back and say, well, if this... Had went the other way or if that shot had went in it all would have been differently And I feel like this is a game where you can't really pick out one moment because after those first eight minutes Once it slipped they just were not coming back but it wasn't a I Was talking to people that went here last year. They said oh within the first few minutes. It was it was over We knew it walking in but we were coming in because it's the syracuse duke game you go because it's duke syracuse there's no bigger game on campus than that in men's basketball and obviously football gets more fans because of the field being 100 yards and you're able to take up more space but i think all in all this is probably the biggest game of the year for an event for basketball in all of the community that people are watching and so I think there was some hope at the beginning when it was 1919. It was even Syracuse played some good defense early on. You like to see that ball movement and it was low scoring. You're also going, wow, it's only 1919. Both teams are actually playing really good defense, but man, Whitehead started shooting the, uh, the three point shot really well. And I, I was looking to my buddy. I said, okay, look, here's, here's a fact in all, all lives of sport. If you wear number zero, there's no in between. You either suck more than a vacuum, or you're one of the best players in the country. And the guy just balled out. Yeah. I mean, he really just continued to hit three-point shot after three-point shot. You're just sitting there like, man, the
0: wound is already hurting, but you just keep digging it deeper and yeah. deeper. It, it it was a bummer to watch that and then pull away. And they would just, it it would always crush the crowd. Like you could every time you could hear the the air go out of the building every time they made a three. The thing that I, if I was going to take a positive out of it, I'm always a glass half full kind of guy, I'd like to say, yeah. is that Syracuse kept fighting, you know, that they would get back a little bit closer. JG3 was hitting, you know, some threes down late in the, you know, late stretch in the second half. And I was like, oh, oh can they come back? They got within 10. And then Duke would pull a little bit further. Oh, all right, we got it back. And it was, and then once it got to about under a minute, and then you started seeing people leave and everything like that, and you're like, uh, I don't think they're coming up from this, no. from this uh, deficit here. But, that's what I would say is that they kept fighting, which was good to see, but yeah, like you said, it's it's probably the biggest game of the year for Syracuse Orange. I mean, big two powerhouse basketball programs that have a lot of history and success behind them and it I think it will always be like that and hopefully Syracuse will have the success in the near future that, that to make that rivalry or or that those primetime games special still because if it keeps being a slaughter then people kind of like won't want to watch it anymore. I'm not going to say it's like that because it just uh, the Jamie Wireless Dome. They just broke the record for um, student section in attendance. Yeah, with eight thousand, some you know the the whole number. But um, so they broke that record. So it'll we'll always be, especially for the students and you know the alumni that come here for the game. It'll always be that kind of event. But if Big ESPN Dick Vitale was there, so it's like yeah. a big time event for for you know sports and for college basketball. So. I just hope that it gets more competitive or at least closer games towards the end for it to be that that big event that it should always be.
1: You mentioned the number, 8,471 students in attendance. The quote-unquote unbreakable record was broken in 357 days. So basically a year and a day. And they thought last year no one would ever top it, and yet it was, which is surprising too because, I mean, okay, actually Syracuse was probably a little bit, Worse last year than they actually are this year mm-hmm. But you didn't go into last season thinking that because Syracuse had had you know 40 Or so straight winning seasons yeah. whereas last year first losing season and um, Long long time mm-hmm. and this year too. You have a winning record. You're much better But it just didn't have that same oomph to it yeah. with no coach K Duke wasn't playing at the highest level. I mean Duke was a, a top 10 team mostly all of last year, and they had their struggles against North Carolina, but they really dominated the ACC in general. So it was a big game, but because Duke has been subpar this year, no Coach K, I figured, yeah, you're going to get a lot of fans, but you're not going to get as many as last year. And to my surprise, they showed up. I, I did feel bad, though, uh, however, down Comstock in the streets neighboring Syracuse, uh, the amount of red solo cups and it was. gallons that were out there and left out. So whoever had to pick those up, we tipped your our cap
0: to you because there was a lot out there there's a lot of a lot of celebration uh, <laughs> or anticipation yeah, excitement, yeah. or other adjectives for for what was going on but i also think because this was brought up and i and i found it curious is that since syracuse plays in the jma wireless dome it's a, it's a football stadium yeah and they put the basketball court on one and you know the end zone and have the the bleachers roll away and come out That the upper deck you couldn't and then you were saying this earlier that friends that came late that were a little bit further their view i think part of it like was cut off by the rollaway bleachers so you only get to really see half the court (laughs) when you're going to the game and i I don't understand that if i'm going to a game live then i want to see it but like watch it on tv but i think that they keep bumping it up and up and up and up and that syracuse has that kind of luxury to do that because. You can, at some point, if someone breaks that record, you could just fill up the whole stadium and people can be on the other opposite end zone and then just watch it on the jumbotron and then you can say you had this many people in attendance and you broke the record. Well, yeah, you did because you're playing in a football stadium, you know, compared to, to some other schools that are playing in a basketball arena. So, true. I mean, you kind of have that luxury to open up that cap and that kind of uh, governor, if you will, to to open that up for, for the record. So, I mean, Syracuse kind of has that. On lock to always have that record. I think in their back pocket true and I will say I don't think I Would say there's probably a few hundred or
1: even thousand that didn't actually come to wink wink watch the game So I think they were just there as a social event. Oh, yeah, and then probably left You know a little bit through something to do on your Saturday night before Whatever happens, it's also something to say that you
0: did. You were there. Hey, I went to a Syracuse Duke and you got a towel of it. Look, I'm not a huge
1: memorabilia guy, but I remember looking at the seats and going, Oh my gosh, let's go! (laughs) I was so pumped. I even grabbed two. I have one for my buddy, for our buddy Carl Winter, because he couldn't go. So, I hopefully I'll give it to him. But if it doesn't, if I don't give it to him, then I have two. No, I will give it to him. I swear, I promise, (laughs) I will (laughs) hold it to you. Well, 77-55 loss for Syracuse, 22-point loss. And Syracuse now 19, no pardon, 16-11 and 11 overall, 9-7 and 7 in ACC play. They still have three games left on the season on the road against Clemson. Then they come back and they will play against Georgia Tech next Tuesday. And then we'll finish the season, uh, regular season at least, the following Saturday at home against Wake Forest. So you got two more home games one more game uh on the road if you win out these next three games michael what do you think their chances are in like the ACC tournament as far as how much of a push this team can actually make when the games matter the most
0: yeah it's i mean they could but i kind of feel like it's a long shot just with the way they've been playing i've been seeing on social media that they're on the bubble they could they could you know make somehow squeak into the tournament and i'm i I don't know. If they could, that would be great. You know, as a s a student here, or yeah. as students here, <laughs> that would be great to see and experience. But with the way that they've been kinda of currently playing and you kinda of know where they're at in the season now, it's it's a long shot. It's not impossible but improbable.
1: Syracuse fans have their fingers crossed hoping for the best. When we come back, we're talking about Syracuse women's basketball and also LAX, of both women's and men's team are off to quite a hot start here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Back
0: after this. This is New House at Night. Here tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse.
2: And with that, a warm welcome into Hour 2 on this Tuesday night of Newhouse at Night here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. And we're back, Adam, after yes, we a week off last week due to the Syracuse men's basketball game. We are back in action. I'm Sam Reese. Alongside me is Adam Gotkin. And without further ado, we got a lot to talk about considering we haven't been on the airwaves for 14 days. We'll start it all off, Adam with the big game over the weekend everyone knows what i'm talking about that was syracuse men's basketball taking on duke a great atmosphere as anticipated at the dome but unfortunately that couldn't be backed up on the floor by the orange as they fell to the blue devils 77 55 to drop to a 16 and 11 record on the season Adam, we'll just get straight into it. Your first thoughts after what was a disappointing loss, it's fair to say. It it
3: was embarrassing. It was bad. And how can you still call this a rivalry? Because if you think about it like this, when you think about what are the tenets of a rivalry, close back-and-forth games, you know, one team wins each year. I'd say is one, and then the other is history. There's no history between these two teams. Like, yeah, you had two historic coaches when it was Beheim and Krzyzewski, but there's been, what, less than 30 meetings between these two teams? How is this a rivalry? Duke dominates. They dominate year in, year out. There was a big draw, but even then, the atmosphere in the student section was not great right near the hoop. Mm. I don't want to go on a tangent here, but I will, because I don't think think this is something that many people know. So I was right behind the hoop in the section behind the hoop in the student section. Got there about an hour and a half early, and there were already a lot of people there. Yes. The people there did not care about the game. (laughs) The sororities make the freshmen who are being initiated go to the game two hours early so that they can, I guess, like they make all these signs and stuff like that. So they make them all go. And get their Instagram pics. Some of them were into the game. But all three rows in front of me – the people were not standing; they were sitting on their phones during the game. Wow! And we were right behind the basket in like the best seats, and they were sitting on their phone. And I'm gonna go back to last week, uh, the NC State game. Yeah. People were yelling at me for standing in the student section of a college basketball game. What is going on in Syracuse? I can't. I can't go on with this anymore. I, you're standing in the student section. You stand in the student section. And I was getting yelled at. People were like, sit down. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? And even for the Duke game, like, yes, you had eight thousand students, but they weren't giving any they weren't given anything to cheer for. I mean oh. and the ones that were there, at least where I was, they were sitting down during the game. The culture around this team, the culture around this program has just it's it's at the dirt right now. It should be like this for every game. It should have been you know, 8,000 fans. It should be like that. People should be getting excited. There should be the castle court being filled up before games, this whole game day atmosphere. This was the only game of the year that we had it, and it was an embarrassing performance on the court. I'll finally talk about what we saw on the court after my little rage that I just had to get through because, my goodness, I've never been that mad in my entire life because it's college basketball. I mean, the crowds make college basketball. But, 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 enough rage to the game itself. Yeah. it's what it's what I've been saying all year long. Syracuse is just not there Well you could say the best part about them this year is that they're athletic Duke's athleticism was on another level yeah Syracuse didn't really do anything right in this game Judimin's played pretty well, but even then it just wasn't enough Jesse Edwards was a total flop and it just, just bad from this team overall. It's hard to put into words because it was that bad. If I'm being honest,
2: yeah, most definitely. Well, right out of the gates, Adam, not only critical of the team, but uh, the the student section and fan base itself. That's fair enough. It was that type of weekend where you got to let it all out, right? And and quick back to the back to the NC State game. Okay, they were a ranked team.
3: They were a top twenty-five team because we haven't talked since then.
2: True. This is true. Yep. There were
3: not even two sections filled in the student section, and outside yeah, the student true. section. Horrible attendance. It was under 20,000, I think. What is that? This is a top 25 team. If you don't seriously think something is wrong right now in Syracuse, if you don't seriously think that there has to be change because of how little that this city seems to care about this team when you're playing a top 25 team in the country and you beat a top 25 team in the country, then I feel like you're delusional and you're holding on to the past. I don't want to be that guy who's yelling Bayheim out because he's a legend. He's one of the greatest coaches in the history of college basketball. But at this point, if you can't draw 20,000 fans against a top 25 team in the city of Syracuse, and if you can't get students as interested in games as they were for the Duke game for every game, then you're just not doing your job. You're not doing what you should be doing because Syracuse is an amazing city and Syracuse deserves better.
2: Yeah, well, Syracuse, of course, the men's basketball program has plenty of history. And, yeah, to say the least, these last two seasons now have just been uh, very disappointing considering the standards that were set uh, throughout Beheim's time here at Syracuse and just focusing back on the Duke game that happened over the weekend yeah, you hit you hit a lot of the points I was going to mention. I mean, it, it, it's rough because Duke has dominated us historically, which I agree doesn't make it a rivalry in the first place. And then this year in particular, Duke's not that good this year. We still lose by twenty-two. Yeah, so this is a bad Duke team. It's exactly it's a bad Duke team. Still lose by twenty-two. So it's it's nothing it's nothing less than disappointing because. I understand that in this game, the Blue Devils were ridiculously hot from three. That goes without saying. They were 13 of 26, but that also has to do— You you know why? Because half of them were wide open. They weren't taking contested shots. Yes. Uh, but e- even even with those hot shooters for Duke throughout the day, you can't lose by 22, and the offense was really pathetic. I mean, there were only seven assists in this game. They didn't move the ball around well. That's compared to 22 assists by Duke as a team, and yeah, the Orange shot 20% worse than the Blue Devils, and Jesse Edwards didn't show up. You, you mentioned it. Just five points. I mean, I think a lot of us were hoping after that great performance against NC State, Jesse Edwards could— use some of that momentum into the Duke game, but back down he goes. That's kind of the season he's had where he's had these really good performances such as NC State, but then he also has these type of games where when the spotlight is bright again for a big game against Duke, He just sort of no-shows, and then some of the same issues uh, popped up at him where we saw Chris Bell start, 11 minutes, 0 points, 0 assists, 0 rebounds, and the whole bench combined for just five points. Benny Williams had four, Monir Hima had one, Justin Taylor off the bench, 20 minutes, not a single bucket. So once again, it was exposed that this team has absolutely no depth.
3: Yeah, just 25 rebounds, and I want to go back to Jesse Edwards. Sure. I think it was what Alan Griffin said today uh, on, on these airwaves earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse has to be more aggressive. <laughs> so he was way too aggressive, fouling out of every single game, and now he's not aggressive at all and goes 5-5 five and five in the biggest game of the year, some would say. Yeah. Every once in a while, he'll get that in between, but overall, just what are you doing, Jesse? You have to show up when it matters the most. Two turnovers, just five points, just not good, and then Justin Taylor, he gets 20 minutes, can't make a single bucket. You're a shooter. Mm. The young man is a shooter, and he couldn't make a single shot. Just overall, all around, just bad from this team. And what else else can you say? Honestly, (laughs) what else can you say than bad? It's been a few days since the game happened, and honestly, it's just... It's I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm at a loss of words because this is just rough.
2: Yeah. And, and that's a good way to put it. Being at a loss of words, because as we look ahead, Adam, and move on, we do have to look ahead. There is still some season left, believe it or not. Uh, four regular season games remaining. That begins uh, at Clemson tomorrow. Then they're at Pitt on Saturday. Uh, and then they close out with a couple of home games against Georgia Tech next week. And then Wake Forest on March 4th. So my next question, Adam, is Is there really a whole lot to pay attention about regarding this team in this final stretch of the regular season in ACC tournament? Or is it fair to start looking ahead to next season already, considering the disappointment?
3: You have to look ahead to next season. This team's out of the NIT. This team is not going to be in the postseason tournament that everyone calls the not-in-tournament tournament. tournament. They're not going to be in the NIT. (laughs) They're 98 in Ken Palm right now. The NIT uh, committee loves Ken Palm. They love those advanced statistics. They're 98 in that. They're out. It's that simple. They're done. They yeah. are done. Their season is over. So I think you look to the future. Yep. And what is the future? We'll see. They got William Patterson to they commit. Did.
2: Yep. 7-2. Well, he, he,
3: he's not doing anything next year. I mean, he's a project. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the same. He'll probably do what Peter Carey did this year. Sit so on. I mean, Peter Carey took a medical red shirt, but... Was he going to play even if he was healthy? Probably, Probably not. not. no. W- what I'm looking at really is, r- what are the starters going to be next year? And and it ha- no. you have to have I think two transfers in the starting lineup. You need a center to transfer in, and I think you need a small forward slash shooting guard to to transfer in. Yeah, and so and that- that's that's what we have to be looking at going into the offseason because. If I, I think Judah needs to come back for himself, not just that. for the team, Judah needs to come back for himself. Dick Vitale said it. Judah cannot shoot well enough to be an NBA player. Okay, you
2: think he should come back? Will he
3: come back? That's that's the question. I mean, he's what a mid to late second round pick right yeah. now. If even he right. can't he can't shoot from deep, yeah. and he just it's something that he can improve on and get his stock higher. He'll have this will be his team next year if he comes back. Yes, I don't care who transfers in. This is his team if he comes back what good is it to go, especially in the world of NIL now? It used yeah. to be you have a chance to make the money. True, you true. go make the money. Now he can make a ton of money in Syracuse, playing for Syracuse because of NIL. Yeah. He'll, pr- he'll get named to an all-ACC team, all-ACC freshman team this year. And if you can get two transfers in, a transfer at center, because there is no way you're going into the year with Meneer Hema no. and Peter Carey as your centers. You can't. And you need a shooting guard or small forward because – I think Justin Taylor's probably a starter but I don't want to see a a lineup of um Judah Mintz, Justin Taylor, Chris Bell, Malik Brown and whoever the 5 is. Yeah. I think that you need another guy who's been who's proved. We're in the world of the transfer portal in college basketball. You got to look for those dr- those grad transfers. You have to look for those more veteran players because they're going to need that on this team, especially someone who can, you know, take some of the load off of Judah because let's face it, Taylor, Bell, Brown are not really ball handlers at all
2: no not at all and yet i also think it's it's already fair to start looking ahead to next season for all the reasons you brought up i mean this isn't even an nit team uh as it stands and you know this team's not going to make a magical run in the acc tournament so it, it is reasonable to, to look ahead i yeah.
3: think and we and, you know we see some of you guys saying in the chat how many yeah. centers is too many uh on the roster i probably i think john bulajak is probably gone I know that he loves it here, mm, but if he seriously wants to be playing college basketball, yeah. he's kind of just taking up a roster spot at the moment. He's not playing at all. Isn't Taylor the two-guard next year? I think you can put him at the three and not have much of an issue. I think you that could. I'd rather – that's why I said a, a shooting guard or small forward. I think yeah. that you can interchange Justin Taylor, and then who would it be? I don't know. I, I don't know who it is yet. Who would come here? It's Syracuse basketball. That That's – you know that's William Patterson said it. You got Judah Mintz, who is a top recruit. This is Syracuse basketball. They should be getting these these good players in. And right. Adam Weitzman, I mean, that's where the money comes from. Maybe because true. at this point, if I'm Whitesman, I'm throwing the money at these transfers, yeah. not at these recruits, because college basketball is run by transfers nowadays. Yeah. And that's where you win games.
2: True, true, true. And another good comment uh, in here on the Twitch feed is. Uh, I love the we need players to transfer in, but who would come here that's any good. and that's a fair point too. I mean I, I agree with you that Syracuse has to be active here and get some transfers to to improve next season, but then again that might be that might not be as easy as we think it will be. So this is a big off season for Syracuse regarding the construction of next year's roster. It is
3: and I know Beheim will be back next year. He, he's yeah. pretty much said it. But another thing with to my it feels like the fan base is starting to lose it based on the attendance this <laughs> year, based on the student feel, because I know you know they play a top 25 team in NC State. No one cares. There's no buzz around campus. True. The only buzz that there was this entire year was the Duke game, a little bit for Georgetown, but not not even. It was only Duke and nothing but Duke. who was pretty pretty bad this year. Yeah. You had a top 25 team and a uh, top 10 team in UVA come, no buzz at all. Yeah. It, it's that simple, and – you know, it's it, it, it's 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 changing time of college basketball. Jay Wright retired. Roy Williams is gone. Coach K is gone. Mike Brey is leaving Notre Dame. There's a new era of college basketball coaches. It's that simple. It is. Yeah. I have absolutely nothing personal against Jim Beheim. I want to make it clear, I think he is one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time, but at this point the landscape is changing. It's a changing landscape and 100%. At what point do you have to change at, with the times because there are really not any of those old college basketball coaches anymore that are still seriously winning games it's this new era coming in the, you know and at, at what point for beheim is is he going to really realize that and understand how important the transfer portal is because he's going after these other teams. He was going after, what was it, like Pitt, Georgia, I don't even remember exactly off the top of my head, but he was going after teams for paying their players. That's what you have to do. (laughs) That is what you have to do nowadays. And if he doesn't like that, then he's not going to win in college basketball now. You have to play, I don't want to say you have to play dirty, but you
2: have to get these transfers in, and you got to pay them money. It's that simple. All right, well, a lot of question marks, no doubt about it, regarding the future of the Syracuse men's basketball program. However, Syracuse women's basketball is a program that's still generating a decent amount of buzz, and because and that's because they still have a chance to get into the NCAA tournament. It's going to be tight, but... They still have a chance with one regular season game remaining and the ACC tournament. So we'll take a quick break. But after the break, we'll talk women's hoops. I think a team we're a little bit more optimistic on anyways. So stick around here on Newhouse at Night. You're listening to Newhouse at Night on ESPN Radio Syracuse. We'll be back after this quick break.